What up, what up? Welcome to the There's More podcast. This is your host, Hannah Nitz, the one obsessed with the word more. I say it all the time. Can't say it enough. Put it in the title of my podcast. Put it in the title of a lot of the episodes. I'm talking about the more. So many of us have been in church for a long time or maybe have believed in God our whole life and we just think that we have all that there is. This is how I lived my entire life. Like I knew the gospel. I knew the Bible. I'm involved in church and ministries. I, I've kind of got what there is to get. And then God blew the lid off with the more. Introducing me to the more in my relationship with God in this beautiful personal growth and depth between God and I, which I thought was reserved for like only those really smart introverts. But friends, it's for you too. There's more. And today we're talking about worship. We're talking about the more in worship. We gonna get our worship on. So I brought my friend Noelle Beck on, who you remember has been my mentor since I was 12, uh, because she's taught me a lot about worship. And this is something that she regularly has done with her time with God. And I have adapted a similar routine. So we're going to talk about worship. We going to get our worship on. Here we go. Hello, friends. Thanks, Hannah, for letting me come back and talk again about the more. So in this topic of conversation today, I'm going to talk about the more to worship. So normally, if you hear the word worship, our minds immediately go to uh, singing for those three songs right before the sermon starts. And <laughs> that is uh, a part of worship. Obviously, that is a form of worship, but that is not all that there is to worship. And so I'm excited to talk about that today, that there really is more to worship than just singing. So if it's not singing, what is worship? Worship is actually the adoration of God. So we, as his creation, were created to worship him. And Jesus actually talks about this. So the in Luke 19, 37 through 40, the disciples are praising God and talking about how Jesus is king. And, and listen to what Jesus responds when the Pharisees rebuke him. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in the heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he said, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. I love that passage, this picture of God's creation worshiping and adoring the creator. And if his disciples didn't do it the very stones would do it and that is such an amazing picture to me of of just this idea of true worship and adoration of God and so as you're thinking about the more even in your own life and relationship with God something that I want to encourage you to do is how do you engage in worship or adoration of God and so some of that may be through song we're going to talk about that in a second but also there's there's other ways and and how do we do that as part of our interaction with God? So it's not just I'm going to read, I'm going to pray, I'm going to keep trucking on. But worship actually is one of the rhythms that I have 
um, included. And it's usually, in all honesty, the first rhythm that I engage in uh, when I go into my time alone with God. So I actually, I have a prayer room. I just use that as a specific space that I engage God. You don't have to have a prayer room, but that's what I do. And almost every time I go in the prayer room, the first thing I do is engage in worship towards God. And part of the reason that I do that is because I think something really important that worship does is it helps reorient us towards God. It's the reminder that he is God. He is creator and author and king and huge and mighty and in control. And we're not. And sometimes I need to be reminded that he is God and I am not. Um, And so it's such an important reminder for me. And it really helps me reorient because a lot of times when I'm when I'm frustrated, when I am having a bad day, especially if I walk into the prayer room, a lot of times I'll leave and I'll say, like, time with God makes everything better. And I say that um, not because all of a sudden God has fixed all my problems. Like I've gone in, I prayed, he answered all of them in those, you know, 30 minutes to an hour that I'm in there. And suddenly life is perfect. Usually what happens is, again, it's that reorientation. It's realizing he is God. I am not. It's recognizing he is in control and he has authority. And for me to just kind of submit to him and engage with him, the other reality is typically um, when I'm in a space of frustration or anger or um, whatever, it's because I feel wronged in some way, right? Now, sometimes that can be by God and sometimes that can be by other people. But the reality is everything is a gift compared to God and not to others. And so God doesn't owe us anything. We don't deserve things. And uh, and I'm I, people say this to me a lot at times, like, you deserve that. You deserve that. In, in all reality, when it comes to God, he doesn't owe us anything. We don't deserve anything. But in his love and and graciousness and because he in his relationship with us he desires to give us good things so everything really is a gift from God he doesn't owe me life or breath or the house that I live in or anything but everything is good that comes from God and when I recognize that he is God and I am not that that what he gives is good gifts even if it doesn't look like the same as somebody else beside me it's huge same thing when when I feel like people have wronged me. Like, again, it's it's my own, usually I'm frustrated or upset with other people because I feel I have deserved something from them, that they have deserved to treat me better or whatever. And so anyways, this is why the prayer room, in my opinion, is huge for me and super helpful because it really is, it's a reorientation, worship, coming to God and submitting to him and his full glory and authority and holiness is such a reorientation for me in my in my heart and in my mind and my spirit I appreciate um a couple other verses in first Thessalonians and this happens quite a few times in scriptures I'm going to give you two different examples but uh even as there starts to be instruction in scripture it it reminds us to be thankful. So First um, Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
uh, Philippians 4, 6, we, we know this one very well because we talk about anxiety. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I appreciate both of those because it's again the reminder of, hey, don't be anxious, but first with thanksgiving. Where is our heart of worship? Where is our heart of thankfulness? Um, Romans one twenty one says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. And this is a little bit more of the opposite in regards to like what happens with our heart when when we don't go to a state of thankfulness when we don't go to a state of um worship and adoration and it i mean it it's it's intense like they're they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were hardened like this is a big deal like it is an important piece that we not only go to god with our requests that we not only just read scripture that we not just get to know him but that we actually come in a heart and posture of worship and adoration uh something i try and do is a lot of times i use sundays as a day just to be thankful so if you want a good experiment this week uh pick a day that you don't ask for anything and so usually i try and do that on sundays where it my heart is just and if i'm gonna talk to god maybe i still talk about my day or things that i'm thinking about but I don't ask God for anything and really try and be in a spirit of thankfulness. And as much as we feel like that, I can do that, no problem. It's amazing how much, even throughout the day, as you're driving your car and you're running late, you're still asking God to help you get there on time or to calm your nerves or fill in the blank. And so my encouragement is really just give yourself a day to try and reorient your heart that it is focused on worship okay so the other thing that i want to talk about is different ways in which you can adore god so obviously singing is one and we'll talk about that in a minute but there are a lot of ways that we can engage god that is worshipful some of that is my husband actually functions really well in nature like just seeing the way that god has created things and giving him honor and glory and just kind of engaging God in worship in that way. Um, drawing. So a lot of times, again, we think of like, what do we have to do and we have to accomplish? But really, you can worship. If God has created you to be uh, artistic, then use those gifts that he's giving you to bring him glory. And so that might be writing out scripture in a creative way. That might be um, drawing a picture or drawing something that is um, just worshipful. That could also be drawing a scripture that in, in a more creative way. All of these things that are ways in which you can adore God. Um, I've found really, honestly, reading scripture out loud is powerful and encouraging. So there are chunks in my Bible, uh, especially Psalm 148, 149, 150 are all very worshipful. And what I do is as I come across a verse in my Bible, a lot of times I'll circle that verse in red. And so as I'm flipping through my Bible, 
a lot of times I'll actually read those scriptures out loud as worship to God. And so as I come across scripture that's worshipful, I try and function um, within it. Uh, other things that you can do to worship God, I've had dance parties. Now, I'm not a dancer, but some people who are listening to this, you are. Have you ever thought about having a dance party with Jesus, right? Rock out to some good worship music. Have a dance party. I absolutely love um, adoring and worshiping God in the car and driving around. Um, all those sorts of things are different ways that you can engage in God with God in a worshipful way and with a worshipful heart so let's talk about music for a second uh music is actually one of my favorite ways to worship and that is because somebody else was more eloquent in writing words that i think and i agree with but i did not have to come up with (laughs) and i love worship music but here's my challenge here's my encouragement and you might actually be really annoyed later because now you're not going to be able to think about it But are the songs that you're singing actually worshipful? Are they actually adoring God? And what I mean by that is there's tons of songs um, that are really good. Um, Even, and they're Christian, and we sing them in church. But they're still often asking for something. That God meets us in this place. That he helps us surrender things. Whatever the case may be. And they're all good. And I love them. And I sing them. But when we call songs worship, we know that that just means we sing it at a church. But they're not actual worship of God. And so it's a little harder at times to find um, what those songs are. But there are songs that are just in worship of who God is. And sometimes of what he's done. But that's my challenge as you sing songs, not only in church, but on your own. As you engage in worship, pay attention to those things. What is actually worship and what is just a song that is still engaging God and interacting with God, but isn't necessarily worshiping God. The last couple scriptures I want to point you to as I kind of wrap up this conversation on worship is second chronicles 20 if you have time read that this week man there's a whole army that is defeated through worship and it's amazing so if you have a chance read second chronicles 20 the other verse that i want to bring to your attention is you know just interesting and maybe a little lighter or not we'll see uh but in acts i came across this one day and i was like man this is intense in regards to worship so in acts 12 21 through 23 it says on appointed day herod put on his royal robes took his seat upon the throne and delivered an an oration to them and the people were shouting the voice of god and not of man Okay, so people are real excited about Herod. They're calling him God. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give the glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. Okay, so he doesn't give glory to God. And then he gets eaten by worms and then breathes his last. The slightly concerning part is this of this uh, I mean, not only did was he eaten by worms, but it seems as though he wasn't even dead yet and he was eaten by worms. He was eaten alive by worms and then he dies because he does not give glory to God. So 
Moral of the story, make sure you're giving glory to God. In all seriousness, there really is something about reorienting our heart in order to adore God and recognizing it's our participation in that. And it really does add to the more, to the more in our relational time with God, to the more as a whole, it recenters and reorients us so that we function a little more joyfully in life. And so I really want to just encourage you to think of different ways, whether that's writing down all the attributes of God or through scripture or through song or through even dissecting some of these worship songs. How do we engage in a worshipful and adoring attitude towards God while we're spending time alone with him? Noel taught me a lot about worship because if I'm honest, I would have been who she talked about at the very beginning of the conversation who really viewed worship as this time where I'm singing songs at church. <laughs> like that was really the only time that I would even use the word worship. And quite honestly, for most of my adult life, I didn't understand Christian music that much. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of lame. Like when I listened to other music, I was like, this is clearly better music. So why do people listen to Chris Tomlin for fun? You know, I just like didn't get it. But as I started to experience this more with God and enjoying being with God so much and wanting more of him, my understanding of worship grew and this enjoyment came out of it. And I realized like, oh, this music is awesome because I'm literally adoring God as I listen to it. So as you're hearing this and you're, you're processing some of this with Noel, I just want to give you a heads up that if engaging in worshiping God is new to you, so you're like, yes, I've done this at church, I've done this at worship nights, you know, I've done this at a concert where there's worship being played, but during my daily alone time with God, thinking about just worshiping God, this is going to take a switch in your mindset because let me give you a heads up. When you start doing this during your time with God, it does not feel productive. <laughs> it doesn't. Like, you know, when you're, you're finishing a Bible study and at the end you have a whole page filled out and you're like, I spent time with God. Check. Or you're like, okay, I'm going to read through Romans. And you read through a chapter and you look back and you have it underlined and you took a few notes. It's like, okay, boom, I spent time with God. I mean, one of the things we talk about a lot in experiencing the more with God is this relational interaction with God, which oftentimes you don't have this like page filled out, productive, like cute little checklist at the end of your time with God. Well, y'all. That's what happens with worship because your focus is not on being productive. Your focus isn't on completing a Bible study. Your focus isn't on making it through this chapter of the Bible. It's just on adoring God and, and telling him how awesome he is and focusing your mind on how awesome he is. Sometimes you're not even learning. Like there's not even something new you're taking in necessarily. So you just kind of have to start going into it saying, God, will you help me switch my mindset where my time with you is not measured in productivity and in pages filled out, but in growing my relationship with you. I remember when I started 
spending more time doing worship that I <laughs> I kept coming back to this question of being like, God, are you actually into this? Why do we do this? Why is worship such a big deal? Again, I think it was because it it wasn't productive in my mind. I just really wanted to make sure that it was it was cool. You know, it was like something God was into. And a lot of those verses that Noel mentioned um, are great ones to dive into. I remember finding Psalm 147.11 that said, The Lord takes pleasure. So like he's really into, he enjoys. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope is in his steadfast love. It's like, man, God, as I am worshiping you, And just becoming more in awe of who you are and my hope grows and my love grows just because I'm focusing on the goodness of you. It says that you take pleasure in that. That is amazing. One of the things about worship is I will say that this rhythm or this way that you are engaging God has become something I do um, pretty much every day at the start of my time with God. So if you're like, man, what does this look like? How do I start bringing worship more into my time with God? Uh, This means that when I'm sitting down to pray, to read my Bible, I pretty much always put headphones in, turn on um, a worship song that I really love, and I just sit there in quiet and listen to it, and I just tell God how awesome he is. And you know what, guys? Sometimes in spending time with God, I never leave the worship. Like I'm thinking I'm just going to spend five minutes worshiping and then I'm going to get back into reading First Peter. And sometimes an hour goes by and all I did was worship God. And you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of any other relationship, how you engage differently depending on how you're feeling and what your energy level is. So for example, with Caleb, if him and I are really tired, we are probably more likely to just sit next to each other and watch TV than we are to like sit at the dining room table and map out our five-year goals. (laughs) Like one of those feels like a lot more effort. You know, watching TV versus writing out our five-year goals, we're still spending time together. We're still growing our relationship. It's just in different ways. And I know this sounds funny, but Worship, in a way, has become my um, watching TV equivalent sometimes with God. (laughs) Don't quote me on that. But, you know, just I would say that when I'm tired or when I'm worn down and when I'm in a spot where I'm wrestling with something or something feels hard, to just like sit on a couch, lay in my bed, go on a walk and say, God, I'm not going to read and study what first Peter says right now. I'm not going to dive into this deep question that I've been wrestling with about you and your character. I just want to worship you. Like, I just want to think about how good you are. I just want to listen to worship music. I just want to read verses that talk about how baller you are. And it is like this restful thing with God that somehow feels like it requires less of me. Does that make sense? So it's not about me. That's not what worship is. But it is this restful rhythm in spending time with God. A lot of this and why we're having this conversation, because worship connects us to the more. 
as we talk about desiring and wanting like the more with God, worship teaches us a new way to engage him. And think about it. I mean, think about some of these conversations we've had on here. Um, whenever my friend Laura Veal's on the podcast, her her huge banner that she's always talking about is knowing God. Like so much of the more is in this knowing and this pursuit to know more of God. So think about what worship is. It's adoring who God is. I mean, in a sense, it's spending time just focusing on what you know about God. Isn't that sweet? It's like this deep, beautiful thing of knowing him more. You essentially just get to sit there or as you walk or lay down or wherever you are (laughs) and just think about what you know about him and worship God for who he is. That's the coolest thing. If as you're listening, you're like, dang, I wish I could write down all those Bible verses. Or like, dang, I wish that I could have access to Noelle Beck's playlist. Guess what, y'all? We got them on a website for you. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to send you to Noelle Beck's website. It is jesusbootcamp.com. Yes, that's right. Jesusbootcamp.com. Noelle teaches these bomb boot camps that you can join one and she it's a 12 week um, like class where she t- she walks you through these rhythms of spending time with God. One of them is worship. So if you go to her website, click on worship, you'll see the verses she mentioned. You'll see um, music that she loves that is true worship and a Spotify list connected to it. So head over there. Get all your resources about worship and get your worship on, people. I can't wait to hear how this goes as you explore this piece of the more in your relationship with God. Friends, we want more people to hear the There's More podcast. See the theme? More, more, more. So if you could hop on iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a review for the There's More podcast, we would really appreciate it. One stars if you hate it. Five if you love it. Just whatever your little heart desires to give, all right? So, do you feel like you're catching the vibe? You're picking up what I'm putting down? You're smelling what I'm taking out? All right, there's more. And you are invited to it. Friends, this sweet, deep relationship with God isn't reserved for just a few really spiritual people. It is the very reason why God sent his son to restore our relationship, to experience this relationship that you were literally created for. Sweet friend, there is more.